0: There's liberty. Amen. Amen. I want to start with the word of God today. The name of our, our, our sermon or our teaching today is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord heals. And I know there are people here this morning that need a healing. I don't know if you need it in your body. You might need it in your mind. You might need it in your lifestyle. You might need it in your relationships. I don't know where you need it, but I know that Jehovah Rapha is here. Psalm 103, 1 through 5. I hope you'll write down the scriptures today, even if we don't go to all of them, because you need to meditate on these scriptures. Because one way or another, we're all going to need healing. If you don't need it today, well, wait a while. Psalm 103, 1 through 5 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so your youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I also want to read from Exodus 15, because some of our teaching this morning is going to come from Exodus 15. Exodus 15, verse 26 says, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord, your God, and you do what is right in his eyes, and if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, he says, I will not bring on you any of the diseases that I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Hallelujah. Receive the truth today, okay? You know, God made our bodies, and, and he can heal our bodies, and he can help us to stay healthy. We were carefully knitted together in our mother's wombs by the hand of God. So he knows how to take care of us. But he expects us to live according to his standards. You know, in, in the garden, there wasn't any kind of sickness. There wasn't any, it was perfect there. But Satan came in, and he tempted Adam and Eve, and they fell for it. And so things weren't perfect anymore, although that's what God had originally planned. But still, he made a way for healing. He still made a way for healing. Isaiah 53, 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed say i'm healed by the stripes of jesus amen first peter 2 verse 24 who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes You were healed. In verse 25 of 1 Peter, it says, For you were like sheep going astray, but have now turned to the shepherd, the overseer of your souls. You might be here today, and maybe you haven't been here in a long time, and you decided today, let let me just go to church. I used to go a long time ago, but I quit going because I got distracted by the things of this world. But let me just go over there today. Boy, are you in for a great surprise. Because there's a healer in the house today. You know, when you're saved, when you're born again, you're no longer under the law of sin and death. You're under the law of life in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 2 says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Exodus 14 and 15 tells us how God brought the Israelites out of captivity. I don't know if you remember the story. I'm not going to read all of it, but remember he, he parted the Red Sea. He, he was bringing them out of Egypt, and they come to the Red Sea, and there's no way to go across it, so he just parted it and let them walk through on dry land. That's what our God does. He makes a way where there seems to be no way. And then he covered up the enemy, their enemies, with the water after he had opened the way for them to come through. And, of course, everybody was excited, and they were all dancing and praying the tambourine, and they were having a great time. Miriam was leading the festivities. She's Moses' sister. They were all happy. But about three days later, they go on, and they can't find good drinking water. Sometimes uh, the Lord will bring you out of an unhealthy lifestyle and you'll be so happy and excited and, oh, you'll just be telling everybody and about a week or two later, you realize the rent's due. Or you might even realize because you talk about Jesus all the time that your friends don't want to talk to you anymore. And so you begin to Complain. And that's what they did. They got frustrated and they began to argue and they started talking about how they were better off back in Egypt. You might start thinking about, oh man, I don't know. I I need to go back where I came from. Egypt represents any kind of bondage that God brings you out of. And I want to tell you today that if he's brought you out of a bondage, don't sit around and think about it. Because if you dwell on it long enough, you'll go back. You'll start romanticizing what it was like back there when you didn't have any money, when you had a hangover, or every single day, and uh, when you were crazy and you were running from the police. You'll start thinking, well, you know, only once or twice. Don't think about Egypt. You know, the Lord told me that one time right after I came in out of the world and I'd quit drinking alcohol. I was driving down the street in Houston and it was a beautiful day and it was just kind of like sunset, just before sunset. And I said out loud to myself and I thought I was by myself in the car, but it just so happens I wasn't. I said, oh, what a pretty cocktail hour. And the Holy Spirit said, you can't even entertain that thought. I just want to tell you today that when God brings you out of some place, he can be your counsel. Oh, yeah, we need to be united to the body of Christ. We need to have a prayer partner. But I want to tell you that the God that brings you out of captivity can walk you on through. If you'll listen to his voice. Jesus never leaves us where he finds us. He always brings us up higher. From glory to glory and strength to strength. But they had stopped praising God, the Israelites, and instead they'd become discouraged and depressed. Have you ever noticed that right after you've had some wonderful, wonderful uh, spiritual victory, the devil will increase his attack? He does that because he wants to steal your joy. Say, he's not going to steal my joy. Because see, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Israelites continue on and they come to Marah. And at first it seemed like that was the solution to their problems. They may have seen a few uh, palm trees or something. And then they discovered that the wells of Marah contain bitter water. See, that's what Mara means. It means bitter. So once again, the people start grumbling to Moses So Moses cried out to God, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood, and he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. And then and there he made them a statue and a regulation, and there he tested them. And back to the scripture that we started out with in verse 26 of Exodus 15. It says, and he said, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord, the Lord your God, and you do what's right in his eyes, and if you pay attention to his commands, and you keep his decrees, he says, I'll put none of those things on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the God that heals you. Now, Mara uh, represents a complaining and unbelieving attitude. A people who had been shown God's grace, God's love, God's deliverance, Still didn't trust him. And you know what? We're we're like that sometimes too. Think about everything he's done for us. And yet, we come into a new crisis and we go, I don't know. I don't know if I can trust him. We can trust him. He's trustworthy. He's faithful. Verse 27 says, Then they came to Elam. Where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees, and they camped near the water. See, Elam represents God's provision. And we've got to be patient and wait for God's provision. I've had people say, well, you know, I've heard about tithing, and I put some money in the offering the other day, and I prayed, and I don't have anything yet. I'm not going to tithe anymore. Well, that's a lie from the pits of hell. Because, see, God is our provision. He's Jehovah Rapha, but he's also Jehovah Jireh. And he has already gone ahead, regardless of what circumstance you're in today, mind, body, or soul. He has already gone ahead to make provision for wherever you are today. Don't let a negative attitude rob you of your trust in the Lord. It was at that point that they discovered God, Yahweh, is also Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. See, it's God's nature to heal. It's his will to make us whole. He he doesn't want us walking around wounded because wounded people hurt other people. It's his will that we be healed. Is it okay if I just stop for a second and testify? I just want to testify just a little short testimony. You know, it's been over 30 years that I've been walking with the Lord. But I still remember. I still remember what it felt like when I wasn't. And you know, it wasn't because I didn't believe in him. I did believe in him. I even went to church. But he was not the Lord of my life. And so by the time I came to the end of myself and I surrendered to him, he knew just what to do. And there was a song, uh, and as I was studying my notes this week, this, this song came to my spirit man, so I want to share it with you. It said, something wonderful, something good. All my confusion he understood. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife. But he made something wonderful out of my life. You see, it does not matter where you are. He can turn it around. Jehovah Rapha means to restore, to heal, or to cure. And many times it is referred to concerning physical healing, but it also refers, it can can apply to spiritual and moral healing. Jehovah Rapha reveals himself to be the only source of wholeness. If you're looking for a lot of money to make you whole, you're going to be very, very sad and disappointed. And even if you're looking for a man or a woman to make you whole, you're going to be very disappointed. There's no person, no place, or no thing that is going to make you whole again. Nothing but the blood of Jesus can make you whole again. Hallelujah. You know, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not. The Bible says he changeth not. He has proved himself from the beginning. He is creator and Lord, and he is the sovereign God of the universe. Put your trust in him. Keep your eyes fixed on him. Keep your focus on him, because whatever you focus on, you're given power to. Verse 25 says he tested them, and their test that he gave them that day was the same one that we face today. They had to listen to the voice of God. They had to do what was right, and they had to obey him and obey his, obey his commandments. That is a pattern for victory. Listen to him, obey him, and that will be your pattern for victory sometimes we find ourselves in difficult circumstances and we just need to sit still, know that he is God, and ask him what he wants to do in our life at this point. You know, most of us are action people. We want to jump up and go out and do it and fix it and get it. But sometimes we just need to be still and know that he is God. And many times it's right in the middle of a situation that's uncomfortable. uncomfortable. We need to always remember that he's loved us with an everlasting love. And he is loving, and he is trustworthy, and he will meet our every need. You say, how do you know? Because I've tested him. Because I've walked with him. And not one time ever in my life has he failed me. We also, from time to time, need to check and see if there's any disobedience in our lives. I am going to ask you to go to the book of Isaiah. Hallelujah. I just want to read a few verses from this book. Isaiah 1. I just want to read, the, first I want to read 5 and 6. Why should you be stricken again? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick, and the whole heart faints. From the sole of the foot, even to the head, there is no soundness in it, but words and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed or bound up or soothed with ointment. And then go over to verse 18. I love this. The Father says, come now, let us reason together says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. Wow. See, Isaiah is comparing Israel to the physical body, and he said there's not one healthy part in this body. It's covered with sores from head to foot. It's wounded and bruised, but still he holds out the possibility for healing. He says, come, let us reason together. Now, you know, you might feel like that today. You might feel like that physically. You might feel like that emotionally, but he says, come, come, let us reason together. You know, as I read that scripture, <clears throat> it reminded me of, of this region Six or eight years ago, many of you know about this, especially you ladies that come to the Ladies Bible Study over at Shorty's. Uh, The Lord uh, sent me to the nursing home to, to speak life into this man who I didn't know, but he was in bad shape. And the Lord said, go speak life into him. He wanted me to go read his word to him. And so I kept trying to find everybody in town to help me do it, and nobody would. And finally, my husband said, don't you get it? He told you to do it. And I said, okay, Lord, I'll go do it. So I started going out to the nursing home with my Bible in my hand. And as I walked down the, the, the hallway to get to this man's room, I said, Lord, I don't like it here. It just, it doesn't smell right. And it just, everybody's sick. I don't like it here. And the Lord said, when you work for me, you won't always be comfortable. Amen. I said, okay, Father, I'm going. So that began a six-month time of reading, speaking life into this man's life. And you know, this man did not know anything about God. He didn't, know any, he didn't know the most childlike of Bible stories. He didn't know anything. He didn't know how to be a daddy. He didn't know how to be a husband. He had walked away from everything. He certainly didn't know anything about God. But every day that I was in town, at the time I was working, I had to go back and forth to Houston sometime. I went out there for six months, maybe longer. Before it was all over with, I got to know him. And I was able to lead him in the sinner's prayer. I was able to talk to him about uh, his relationship with his kids and what God wanted him to be as as a daddy and a husband. I was able to become his friend. But you know what, the, the, the biggest part of the lesson of that that I got was that the Lord compared him to this region. And from that developed a prayer that we read every single week at Shardy's at the Ladies' Bible Study. And I know in my heart and in my mind that the Lord is bringing them in. He's bringing them in in this region out of, the, his, out of darkness into his marvelous light. And I'm, I'm telling you that because, see, that's what God, the Isaiah was saying about Israel They were in bad shape. And the Lord was showing me that this region is in bad shape. But he's saying, but come let us reason together. I can make them white as snow. I can make that sin white as snow by the blood of the lamb. He still holds out the possibility when he says, I can cleanse the scarlet sin and make them white as snow. And then they will eat the good of the land. See, God wants us to have His best. God is looking to, to have a church that not only wants His best, but has His best. He didn't want you to have anything second rate, He came to give you the life abundant. And the world needs to know that God is a God who heals. Every area of our lives. Somebody here today needs to know that. Somebody here needs to hear that. Spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially. And he can cure the deep wounds that sin has caused. Sin causes deep wounds inside of us. He heals from the inside out. You know, he called the Pharisees whitewashed sepulchers, but he doesn't whitewash He shines the bright light of the Holy Spirit into the dark corners of our soul. And he brings up without of us all the things that are not of him, all the things that hold us back and keep us from being whole. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Now, the Old Testament has a lot of stories about healing And I'm not going to read them all, but I'm going to give you some of them so you can go read them for yourself. And one of them is in Numbers 12, verse 13. And uh, we're told that Moses cried out on behalf of Miriam, his sister, who uh, contacted leprosy. He cried out to the Lord. He said, oh, God, heal her. And the Lord did. He cried out. How many of you know that if we cry out to the Lord, he'll answer us? And he'll show us great and mighty things that we don't know anything about. I love it. In one Bible, it says, he'll show you things you don't have access to except through him. And then in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 8 through 14, it talks about how he healed Naaman of leprosy through the prophet Elijah. See, Naaman was a uh, a, a proud, mighty man of valor, but he had leprosy. And so Elisha told him to go dip in the Jordan seven times. Well, well, he didn't want to do that because he was a proud man. He said, I could have stayed home and di- dipped in some other rivers that are a lot nicer than the Jordan. But his servant convinced him, go ahead and just, just go ahead and do what Elisha said to do. And so he did it, and he was healed. His leprosy, his skin was made like a baby's skin. It was so fresh. So with, with Naaman, it was humility and uh, obedience that opened the door for his health, opened the door for his healing. I don't know what it'll take for you. For me, it was a total surrender. It was a, I don't want to live like this anymore, and if I have to, then take me out. That was what it was for me. That's what it took for me. I don't know what it'll take for you. And of course, there are a lot of healing scriptures in uh, the New Testament. Jesus healed the centurion servant in Luke 7, 1 through 10. And then he healed the demon-possessed man in Luke 8, 26 through 39. In Luke 8, 43 through 48, he healed the woman with the issue of blood. She heard about Jesus. And then she went after him. I, I'm telling you today, come after Jesus. Because he's the answer and he's the solution to any and everything that's going on in your life. Jesus was, in fact, the fulfillment of Jehovah Rapha. Isaiah 61 1 through 3. This morning, when Pastor Dale started reading, I thought he'd seen my notes. But Isaiah 61, 1 through 3 says, The Spirit of the Lord has come upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of prison to those who are bound. I want to tell you, if you're bound today, come to Jesus. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn Zion, to give beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. I don't know if you're willing today. But would you give him the ashes of your life in exchange for beauty? Let him make something beautiful out of your life, no matter where you are today. 3 John 1 and 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Listen, all healing starts in your spirit man. It starts in your spirit man and then it manifests into the natural. And so I want to tell you today that there is healing for your deepest, deepest pains and disappointments. There's healing for your past. He can take away the shame. There's victory over addiction, any kind of addiction. Jesus wants to define you. He wants to redefine you. He wants to bring you from being a survivor to an overcomer. Y'all ought to say amen louder than that. Our God has a power through the shed blood of Jesus Christ to bring us from little people hanging on our, by our fingernails surviving to overcomers in Jesus Christ. Ah, Hallelujah. Jehovah Rapha is our healer, spiritually, physically, emotionally, and financially. He is mighty to heal. I love it that he doesn't just heal us, he restores us. Remember the leper that he healed, and then he came back to say thank you, and the Bible says he restored him. He made him whole. Everything that was eaten up, he made it whole. God will restore in your life what the swarming locusts have eaten. He said that to me one time. He said, what'd they? I said, good, good, good. I know what he was talking about. But I figured if it came from the Lord, it was going to be a good thing. Because he has a good plan. He said, what'd they eat? And I said, they ate my family. He said, I'm going to restore your family. And he's done it. So maybe you need restoration in your family today. I don't know. I don't know what you need. I just know there's a healer in the house. There is a healer in this house today. Listen to what it says in James 5. In James five thirteen through 17. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone among you cheerful? Well, then let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Well, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, Amen. anointing him with the oil, with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. See, he wants to bring you up higher. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. For the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I don't know what's going on in your life today, but God knows. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord heals. He didn't say, I might. He said, I am the God that healeth thee. And he didn't put any stipulations on it. Whatever area of your life is broken, he wants to heal you today. And maybe, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't see how many hands went up when I said, have you decided to follow Jesus? I didn't see that when I asked that question today. But you might, not be, you might be here and you might not have ever said yes to Jesus Christ. And so I just want to invite you this morning to come and get washed in the blood of the Lamb. Remember, he said, if any man or woman come unto me, I will in no wise cast him out. And so if you're here today and you have never, ever given your heart to Jesus, he wants you to come up here, not to embarrass you, but to pour into you to fill you up with the things of God. So if you're here, don't be shy. Everybody has to come for the first time. Don't be shy. The Holy Spirit is here and he's tender. He's tender. Please don't walk out of here today. Until you've given your heart to Jesus, because none of us knows how much time we have. None of us knows. And the second altar call I want to give is you may be here today and you may be coming out of an addictive lifestyle, and you don't know if you're going to make it or not. Or maybe you need deliverance. Our God is mighty to heal. He is Jehovah Rapha. Or maybe you've just been so disappointed in your life. You're just sad. The Lord wants to give you His joy, He wants to pour into you today.